For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. On today's show, we're going to explore Facebook ad objective and targeting changes with Allie Bloyd. If you want to understand how to benefit from all these changes, then you're going to want to stick around. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm Michael Stelzner. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. By the way, some research for you. 91% of marketers say they want to learn social strategy, and there's a good chance you're in the 91%. We've assembled some of the best social strategists in the world, and guess where they're going to be speaking at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego this March 14th, 15th, and 16th. Grab your all-access ticket by visiting socialmediamarketing.world and get your strategy track in line for the future. And if you cannot attend, well, we've got other options for you for streaming and on-demand tickets. And now for this week's expert guest. Ali Bloyd is host of the Marketing Inc. podcast and founder of Ali Bloyd Media, a leading training and consultancy for small businesses that want to do more with their social ads. Ali, welcome back to the show. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Thank you so much for having me. Always excited to be here with you, Mike. I am super excited to be with you as well. So um, there's been a number of changes from Facebook since you were last on the show. And the first one I want to talk about is called ODAX. And I know people are like, ODAX? That stands for Outcome Driven Ads Experience. So explain, first define what the heck this is. What is an Outcome Driven Ads Experience and kind of what do we need to know? Yeah, so I actually really like this change. And this is essentially taking their 11 ad objectives, and it's going to be consolidating those down to six objectives. And those six objectives are going to be outcome based. So what are you actually looking for in terms of an outcome, not which ad objective would you like to select? And we do not know what your ideal outcome is actually going to be. So ultimately, the ad objectives as they are now, in my mind, they're already outcome-based. But just from coaching and training so many different marketers and small business owners, this is always a major question and something that tends to confuse a lot of people. So what they're doing is they're taking those 11. They were previously broken down into three categories on your screen and ads manager when you're creating a campaign, and they're now going to have six. So those six are going to be awareness, which is also kind of an existing um, objective as it is now. They're going to have traffic, which is also an objective we currently have. Engagement, which will now kind of have a few different things that you can do inside of it. 
leads objective that is combining lead generation messages and conversions into one place. You're also going to have app promotion and sales. So instead of having people just kind of pick these different objectives, which don't really have definitions associated with them on the ads manager dashboard, they're going to choose what is my ideal outcome. And then the options that they see as they're going through the ad set and the ad setup are going to be a little bit different as well. So you'll actually be able to choose several different conversion destinations within one ad. So while it's kind of hard to describe without having this new ODAX view of the ads manager dashboard in front of me, I do think it's going to be a positive change because it's simplifying the decisions that someone would need to make before setting up a campaign. And it's also going to give a little bit more flexibility in terms of maybe you want the same type of result, but you have a few different places that people would be able to go in their destination to get that result that you're looking for. So it is more of a consolidation. They're trying to simplify this so that people will be able to choose better objectives that fit their outcome instead of potentially choosing the wrong one. Is this just a reorganization or is there something more here? Do you understand what I'm asking? In part, it is a reorganization, but they are now going to have more options inside of the ad set area and the ad area, depending on which one you're going to be choosing. So we will see a slight change with some of the conversion optimization events that they currently offer, at least as they are now. But based on everything I know about this, you know, before it's officially rolled out, which is going to be just over time throughout this year, some people will have it early, some people won't have it until the end of the year, most likely. Um, I do think there's going to be some simplification in terms of the different options that you have to select at different ad set or ad levels in your account. Um, but the goal is supposed to be to make it easier, fewer campaigns potentially that have the same goal, uh, where previously you can only have one ad objective per campaign. So if I was running a lead generation, a messages and a conversions campaign, they all have the same goal. They're all about the same offer, but the way that someone is actually expressing their interest or taking the next step, that's just at a different destination, I would actually be able to have all of those in one campaign and having your ad account itself simplified in that way is really important in running ads properly. So I do feel like this is going to be a great change. Obviously not thrilled that, you know, it's just one more ads manager dashboard update, which means so many of my previous tutorials are, are going to have to be redone. But I do think overall, it's going to help a lot of people who are trying to run ads. It looks like on the 19th of January, which is just but a few days before we're uh, going live here, they've changed some of the targeting options, some of the detailed targeting options. It looks like they've removed some targeting options Facebook has. So can you kind of tell us which ones they've removed and maybe how this might impact some marketers? Yeah, absolutely. So there are four main categories that are being removed. One of them is health causes. So this is not to be confused with health conditions. It's like someone expressing interest in breast cancer awareness, or maybe there's a national day that is supposed to bring awareness to a certain condition. That's going to be removed. Sexual orientation. And this isn't just like expressing your sexual orientation. This is really, you know, a lot of interest that would surround sexual orientation as well. 
religious practices. So again, not just based on what someone says their religion is, but you know their interest in specific events or leaders or different types of churches. Does that mean like Easter would not be something you could, I mean, like you understand where I'm going with that? I do. And I, I feel that that is very likely that it's going to be able to be removed. Um, and then also political beliefs. So again, not someone coming straight out and saying what their beliefs are, but things that they're potentially in, engaging with or the different causes that certain political beliefs may care about, you're not going to be able to target by those either. So even though there's four categories there's going to be a lot of targeting options that fall within those four categories that are now going to be removed. So I'm kind of, you know, split in terms of how I feel about this. I have always felt, um, and I know we've talked about it actually on the show a few times, that the third-party data aspect of Facebook targeting, a lot of people were not thrilled about that because this was data that, you know, was really based on their personal browsing habits or information being shared by other institutions to Facebook that was allowing that targeting to be possible. But with a lot of these, these are things that people are voluntarily expressing interest in on the platform itself. So it's first party data, and we're not going to be able to use that to target any longer, which, you know, I don't necessarily feel that any of those things are particularly intrusive if you are expressing openly on public platforms. And it, it is that first party data, like I mentioned. Um, I do think it's going to make it challenging for certain businesses. Especially the religious stuff, right? The religious practices, like if you're Jewish and you're practicing a certain ritual um, and you sell something that goes with that ritual, like Hanukkah, you know, and the candles and all that, all of a sudden you can't target that anymore. That feels like that could be a problem. And we've got, Reed's got a question here. He's asking whether or not you think this is partly related to iOS 14, or do you feel like this is something totally different? So I feel like this is different because iOS 14 was really removing a lot of those third-party data targeting options, which I was pretty supportive of and still am because I don't I don't feel like people are aware that that data is being used to kind of help people target them. But all of these things are very common on places like Facebook and Instagram. You like a page about breast cancer awareness, you know, you're sharing your experience, you know, with the Hanukkah traditions, like you were just mentioning, or you are openly engaging with pages that have certain types of content related to these things. So that is first party data. And you know, when you're on these platforms that that data is being tracked, obviously. And so I don't feel that people are trying to hide those things, which is the only reason I would feel that it might be something that could benefit uh, people who are actually using these platforms. I think that, you know, everything that I've read has really said that these things are as a result of you know, vocal opposition and people pushing back against them. I don't know that it's the people who are, you know, holding these interests that are complaining or the advertisers trying to target them. So in some ways, I feel like it's being done just to appease people who are against it. And they don't even really have a valid reason why we shouldn't be able to use these targeting options. I think everyone, whether it's the user on the platform or the advertiser, we want it to be something that's actually relevant to us uh, when we're on those platforms. We don't want to see ads that have nothing to do with us. And if we are very passionate about a certain cause or, you know, our religion or anything like that, then we would likely want to see products and services that align with those things because it's a part of our life. And that is where the 
you know, individualized experience comes from. By removing a lot of these things, it's not only going to make it more difficult for the businesses to market to their ideal consumer, it's going to make it more difficult for those consumers to discover new products and services that are a good fit for what they care about the most. So I, I don't love this change. I don't know that it's going to impact everyone the same way. It really will depend on who you're targeting, what you're selling. And I've said this probably for about the last two years through a variety of our talk shows and social media marketing podcast interviews that they are removing so many things. And it is so critical that businesses are collecting their own first party data. They're building their list. They're really getting that on-platform video view engagement so that you can target based on those things as opposed to relying solely on the interest-based targeting. Yeah, and it, it seems to me as if they're hitting like four big hot button topics like health, sexual orientation, religion, and politics. And it feels like to me maybe this is a signal that they're going to be deprioritizing even organic content on all four of these things, right? I would not be surprised at all if that happened. Maybe they're just trying to create a platform that has a little less caustic debate on these things. And this is, you know, maybe a signal that there's just going to be less of this, whether it's ads or organic, you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it goes. You know what I mean? I agree. Facebook has updated social issue ads. Did we just talk about that? We just did. This is slightly different, actually. Um, so they have updated their process in allowing people to run ads related to social issues. So this one's, you know, a little more difficult to understand based on the way that they have presented it. But essentially in the past, if you were running ads that even in your ad copy was kind of like advocating for a certain cause and a social cause, they have a very broad definition of it. They say the economy is a social cause. So if you're talking about the economy or advocating for certain economic things, even in your ad copy, then you would likely be put into this social cause category. They had a verification process. You would have to have a paid for by label on your ad. And so what they're doing is they're changing their criteria around this. So again, it's not going to impact everyone, but if you are selling anything related to any type of social cause or just that's part of your marketing message because that's what your end consumer cares about, this could be a benefit. I do see some drawbacks as well. So I'll give you kind of an example. You know, this isn't about politicians, you know, running ad campaigns, those things are going to remain the same. But if you have an ad that is focused on selling a product or service itself, and that that's the call to action, and that's the action that you are getting someone to take, it has to be paid. It can't be free content, which this is where it gets a little confusing, but they're not going to require that process for a business like that, which I think that is a good thing in a lot of ways because there are many businesses that they do have some sort of aspect to their business or their audience. Um, you know, it would be a direct tie into what they're selling and they want to put that in their copy, but they're not a social, they're not a social cause organization or a political organization. So they're going to be able to bypass any of those previous requirements. However, if your product, I would say product specifically has any social cause directly on the product, then that will still have to go through that previous process. Um, so here are two of the different examples that they've given to try and help people understand 
what will be different. So this is an example of what would still be considered a social issue ad. Our speaker series for the year is starting soon. John Smith, economist and founder of Leaning Finance Publication, will speak about the latest market fluctuations and today's need for tax reform in the United States. Visit our website to learn more. So that will still be considered as a social issue ad. And the reason why is because it doesn't promote the sale of a ticket or products or services related to it. It's a free informational type of call to action. That's going to be considered still a social issue ad, even if they don't necessarily even consider their own business to be a a social issue business. So this is an example of one that would no longer be considered a social issue ad. Our new show, The Only Future, on how we can tackle climate change will premiere next month in your city. Purchase your early bird tickets now for $10. So the rationale behind this is that The sale of the early bird ticket isn't advocating for a social issue, even though the business and the event itself is advocating for a social issue. So again, a little convoluted in their decision making behind some of this. But I think the takeaway should be if you are in one of those categories, you need to be selling something with your ads. They obviously are prioritizing businesses who are selling something. Also, another example that you would want to consider is this is no longer a social issue out as well. It's on Earth Day. It's time for us to demand that we reduce carbon pollution. Show your support with our new hemp t-shirts shop today. So that's not a social ad. But on the alternative, the other one would be our leather patches just arrived. Each patch is embroidered with support refugees. Shop now. So because the patches themselves have support refugees on them, that is still considered a social ad. So if it's not actually on your products and you're selling something, you're going to be able to bypass this requirement. So I think people are just going to really have to look at what those requirements are, take a look at their own products and services and say, how can we try and benefit from this change? Maybe it is by selling more things as opposed to doing only free lead magnet type of campaigns. Um, And maybe they just don't want to necessarily focus on showcasing certain products that have those social issues or those slogans or things like that directly on them, they may want to highlight a different product. So it's going to definitely apply to some people. Some people, it will not change their experience at all. But it is something that might be a little confusing for those businesses to try and figure out the best way to implement this. Yeah. And for folks that want to actually look at um, what Facebook has to say about this, you can just Google Facebook social issue ads updates, and you'll be able to find their official announcement. But man, that's That's crazy town as far as like all that stuff. There was a study that they did of consumer packaged goods companies, and they specifically were studying interest and what is this? uh, Interest targeting versus demographic targeting and which one worked better. You looked at the results of this. What, what, What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. So overall, the results were not incredibly different. And for the most part, I'd say the biggest takeaway is that the increased reach is something you must focus on. So I've seen this a lot just in action with my own business and the businesses that I work with. And that's when you try and narrow your audience too much with specific interest, 
oftentimes it's really cutting that audience size significantly, which means that you're just out of the box going to have a decreased reach compared to, let's say, a more broad demographic based audience. So if your reach is stumped a little bit, your ads have to be extra good to overcome that challenge. And so what they're saying is, you know, we have seen a slight increase in those more broad demographic based audiences because you have the ability to get more reach and even, you know, a mediocre ad, if the reach is greater and the CPM is lower, you have the ability to reach more people who could be a good fit for the same cost that you might be reaching a smaller audience, you know, fewer reach, fewer impressions. And so they are somewhat advocating in this study that the more broad demographic-based audiences are going to give you improved performance. So I've kind of seen this, you know, in action in both ways. I definitely encourage people to test those more broad demographic-based audiences. However, you don't want to sacrifice being broad for reaching people that are not a good fit for your product and service. So for example, if there is a very specific age range that you know people are buying your product and service, you don't need to open this up to all ages just to get that additional reach. If you know that 25 to 55 is your demo, then do that. You know, select those options. Same way with gender. If you know that 90% of your clients are female, you don't need to do female and male targeting in the same ad set just because you want your audience size to be larger. So definitely something to consider. There is a trade-off both ways. Larger audiences have more opportunity. But as you know, Mike, uh, I work with a lot of small businesses and their audiences sometimes are what they are. If they're serving a local market, that's definitely a good time to look into those demographic-based audiences because most of the time, if you're trying to do interest-based, you're going to have to add 100 different audiences just to get to a decent size because there are likely not that many people in any interest category living in a 30-mile radius. However, that can work well too. You do just have to add a lot more interest. So I think that just keeping that as a testing option always is very important. Let yourself have some of those more broad, larger audiences compared to maybe a little bit smaller, more interest-based audiences. And I also think the changes that they've made within the last year with the iOS 14, the reduced third-party data that comes into their targeting options, and now you know even more with some of these other options that they're going to be removing, your interest that you're selecting may not even be very accurate, or they may not be what they once were because Facebook was using different information to determine who fell in those categories. And so you absolutely want to be testing both ways. But I do think that, again, there is a trade-off. Make sure that you're still focusing on that demographic that's actually buying from you. And with interest, you know, maybe select some of those more general or broad interests that will give you those larger audience sizes. Another interesting update is Facebook has expanded the eligibility for people to run ads crypto related. It's somewhat technical, but it looks like they've got 27 different licensing categories or something. And they're still requiring, like if you are a company that makes software, 
or hardware wallets or platforms or software apps that are crypto related that you still have to get quote unquote written permission before you can actually run these ads. It seems as if somehow they're starting to open up the doors because there's a lot of money in the crypto world, right? And they want that money. Is that what, is that how you read that? I do. And, you know, I think just based on some of the things you and I have talked about, there's really this type of product service that we're going to see so much more of in the future. And they want to make sure that they're not excluding those people from being able to advertise. But also, just like you said, they want the advertising dollars. They know there's a tremendous amount of money in these different softwares and platforms. And I think it's probably going to end up being somewhat similar to the rules related to investment companies or financial planners, financial managers advertising on these platforms. They definitely have their own internal requirements that they have to meet, but they also do have additional requirements through these platforms on what they can and cannot say. And then where this is concerned, I think they're trying to do their best to prevent consumers from being defrauded because there's so many people, as you know, that just don't really understand this. They don't know what to look for. They wouldn't know a scam from something real if you put it in front of them because it all looks like gibberish to some people at this point. Um, so they are relaxing them a little bit. There's definitely still very specific requirements for businesses that are in the crypto or the trading space. Uh, but I do think we're probably going to see those be a lot more relaxed moving forward. But I do not believe they'll remove any type of requirement or any specifics that you can and can't say when it comes to ads like that. Well, and Sue here uh, brings up a really good point. She said that they need to open this up because they intend to market NFTs, which is absolutely true. Uh, we just literally yesterday uh, heard that uh, Instagram and Facebook are going to somehow work with NFTs, which are fascinating. And speaking of NFTs and crypto, I don't know if everybody knows this, but literally last week, we at Social Media Examiner just launched the Crypto Business Podcast, and this is designed to help entrepreneurs, marketers, and creators understand this whole Web3 world, NFTs, DAOs, social tokenomics, and what it's going to mean for business. And we are beginning to cover this space at Social Media Examiner. So everybody go check out the Crypto Business Podcast. And on a secondary note, you know, all these ad changes that we've been talking about, they're going to keep coming, right? And what's great is there is a place that you can go to learn about this stuff and Allie's going to be there teaching along with a whole bunch of other ads experts and non-ads experts. And I'm talking about social media marketing world. So grab your ticket because the world has changed a lot since the last time you've been to a conference. And the marketing techniques and strategies of old are not working anymore. We need to get in a new era. And that's where you get a chance to come and check it out by visiting socialmediamarketing.world. You can, you can experience this both in person here in San Diego, or of course, you can get a streaming or on-demand ticket. Allie, if people want to discover more about you and the products and services you've got going on, where do you want to send them? Well, you can visit my website, alliploidmedia.com, but also the marketing and podcast, Big Ideas for Local Businesses. We drop an episode every week. My YouTube channels at Allie Bloyd Media. Great, very in-depth content on Facebook ads and really everything that surrounds that. Um, and I would love for any of you guys to reach out on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. I'm pretty much Allie Bloyd or Allie Bloyd Media wherever you are looking for me. So I would love to connect.
All right, everybody. Until next time, may you be wise with your marketing decisions because these times, they're changing. We'll catch you all next week. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.